Well, good morning again, Colonial Heights, and good morning again, Midlothian. It's exciting that this is the second time we're coming to you this morning after the baptisms. We, our family here, we're so excited to be able to share that with you. Today, we're continuing in our series that we've been in. It's hard to believe it's been this long. The fall's flying through, isn't it? We started this at the end of September, and uh, we've got today and, and just one more Sunday next Sunday. As a matter of fact, next Sunday, I think it's kind of an interesting topic, maybe be a fun topic. Hope you'll be here for that. It's to boycott or not. Come back next week. We're going to find out if we're starting a, a boycott on all these issues. We've looked at a lot of issues over the last couple of months. We've looked at money. We've looked at politics. Uh, we spent quite a few weeks on, on marriage and sexuality and really building the case there, the, the biblical case for for how God has given us marriage, one man and one woman. And you remember, and it's been a while now, but as we walked through that, we said this wasn't an isolated statement God made in one time, in one place, and in one culture, but rather it's things God said over a 1,400-year time span to multiple cultures, to multiple continents. And so God has been very clear in communicating that. And our goal all throughout this series has been to know God's truth. What does He say? But then to also to understand God's grace. How do we apply that truth, live that truth, proclaim that truth? And today we're going to, to take up the topic that has become uh, very, very big in our culture of homosexuality. We're not really looking at as much as a, a biblical case of marriage being between one man and one woman or whether homosexuality is right or wrong. We've, we've already done that. But, but how we engage in that... Uh, in our culture. And to do that today, I have brought a great friend of mine, McCray Game. I love McCray. McCray and I go back. You know, I was thinking about this, McCray. You know how long we've known each other? Well, 18 years. Yeah, okay, so you do know. Well, I've been married for 17. That, that kind of takes, takes the fun out of it. I was going <laughs> to surprise you. Do you remember on a, on a Wednesday night, I knocked on your door? McRae had, had visited our church, and I came on Wednesday night visitation uh, to, to meet him. And, uh, and then also involved in our ministry at that time was a young lady named Julie Game, who I have one of my favorite stories with. Julie and I went visiting together, not, not you, but on another Wednesday night. We were, doing, yeah, we, were doing, <laughs> we were doing faith evangelism training, and we were standing out in the, in the front yard witnessing this person, and a wasp flew up my pant leg. <laughs> While I, was, while I was witnessing, I'd love to say that I suffered for Jesus. I didn't. I left. I had, had a wasp in my... It hurt. My wife tells that story yeah, all the time. Yeah, it, it, it hurt. I was just trying not to start crying. But anyway, uh, that, that was in the mid-90s, obviously. Right, right. And uh, McRae, as I, I came here in 2002, the, the one to two years leading up to that, you, you'd begun a new ministry. Uh, reaching out to the, the homosexual community, and I got to be in, involved in that you a little were my bit. Second chairman of the board. Second chairman of the board, and I think I held you back because after I left, the thing just exploded. Yeah, right, right. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact, not long after I left, McCray and I were are both from from First Baptist North Spartanburg in South Carolina. Not long after I left, McCray was ordained into the ministry at that church. And do you remember you were ordained with Mike Connor back there? That's our media pastor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mike cool. and Lisa Connor, also from, from church in South Carolina, they were ordained uh, at, at the same service. And so, but anyway, let, that's McRae. You can look inside your bulletin and learn a little bit more facts about his life and family. But McRae, tell us a little bit about, 
uh, I guess, your story, well, the, the, the Reader's Digest version. Well, first of all, <laughs> let me congratulate you. We hadn't had a chance to talk on having two state champions in your house. Yeah, yes. That yeah. is awesome, the Randy boys had a good. Uh, the boys had a good weekend. That, that's amazing. And, uh, so. Did you see that somebody posted a picture of Colin? Uh, did y'all see that picture of him all muscular? It's exactly what I look like when right. I wear... Sure. I, I, I'd show I, you just wouldn't be appropriate right now, but, but that's, that's identical on, on, to me. On a um, <laughs> more serious note yeah. before I start sharing, I just want to, to say in front of your congregation what um, an incredible role model um, you have been for my life. And, and so much of my walk um, out of homosexuality um, 23 years ago was God putting men just like you in my path for me to look at and to see what kind of man I wanted to be. Yeah. You, you, you were, you were the, the, one of the men that, you know, I knew woke up at five o'clock in the morning to spend time with the Lord and ran five miles in the morning, you know, at the same time. And I'm just like, and, you know, and reads like a robot and just, you know, you were one of those mark posts for me to say, this is the kind of man I want to become. And that's, you know, coming out of homosexuality, you know, I was raised in a, a family much like probably a lot of you guys is, you know, a, a middle-class Christian family on the outside, goes to church every Sunday. Thank, thank the Lord there's not video cameras and listening devices in all of our homes to, <laughs> yeah. to hear that it is not what we project, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I remember Randy was such an incredible blessing to my wife and I. He did our premarital counseling, but, you know, we were married. And one, one Sunday, we, we fought story. the whole way to church, <laughs> and we pull up, you know, we're feeling guilty pulling up to the back of the church because we had fought the whole way there. And, and Karen and Randy are in the back of the church fighting. You know, I think it was Colin. They were using as a tug of war. I've got him. No, I've got him. And that just fighting blessed is such my a strong heart. Word. We were just discussing. No, that was a battle. That was <laughs> we a were, battle. We were and discussing. it was such an incredible blessing because, you know, he had said on our first date. the only day, fight we've ever had. Yeah, I'm sure. He's such a liar. 25 years the, of marriage. The, 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 you know, I remember him saying, you know, first day of premarital counseling, you know, you guys ever fight you know, and, you know, it was, you know, I didn't have that kind of transparency and relationship. I mean, I was raised in a Christian home like 87% of our country, but I was raised in an, in an abusive home, in a confused home, and, and I was so confused as a child that at, as early as five years of age, I was secretly putting on my sister's clothes in her closet. And, and my father caught me and, and, and you know, he, he shamed, tried to shame me out of it. But that just kind of, I don't know, entrenched me in it. And I secretly, habitually did that to 12 years of age. Mm -hmm. I did not know what it meant to be a boy. I didn't want to be a girl. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. It's just I, 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 wondered, I wondered what it felt like to be her. I didn't have a relationship with my dad. Um, you know, my dad was, you know, a, 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 a three-play sports hero coming from his small town. And I just, you know, I wanted to play Le Legos and in the creek, you know. It was not wasn't like I was trying to play with dolls. But, you know, I always wondered, why isn't my dad playing with me? Why isn't he in the creek with me? Why isn't he in the floor with me playing Legos? And, you know, 
I, I got my mom's, you know, kind of attention, I guess, but it was a hard life. Mm-hmm. And uh, like so many people, um, you know, I wasn't sexually molested or anything. I was just confused. I didn't know what it meant to be a boy. I ended up, you know, leaning more towards girls. I had crushes on girls. I even dated girls in high school. But, you know, by the time puberty came, I had been envying and coveting other males. Fifth, fifth sixth grade, you know, go, changing schools and being called, excuse me, sissy, queer, fag, you know, mm-hmm. just really bad being ganged up on um, because I was taller than all the other kids. My son doesn't understand why would being tall is good. Well, not to short kids. <laughs> and, you know, I, would be, I was literally ganged up on and beat up for being tall. And so it, it was a tough life. And at 19, ended, ended up uh, going into the homosexual lifestyle. Um, a, a man, 20 years my senior, lived next door and um, got me involved in that way of life uh, and became um, addicted to it. And I went from relationship to relationship to relationship. Three and a half years later, I remember putting my hand on my chest saying, I don't know what it is, but there's a void in my heart that I just can't seem to fill. Mm. I mean, how prophetic that was. I mean, I was raised in Baptist church, uh, First Baptist Church Spartanburg, dedicated as a baby, there every time the doors were open. But I had never accepted Christ as Lord. I guess just the dots had not connected. Now, that's very... um, that's unlike most of the people our ministry works with. Most of the ministry um, works with people who have accepted Christ in their life between 5 and 13 years of age, but still had that same upbringing of sorts that I did. And, um, you know, I, I had a landscaper friend reach out to me and his wife. Um, you know, they were not very good Baptists. They didn't preach the Romans road. They didn't talk to me about homosexuality. There's no faith training or CWT. They didn't talk to me about Jesus or God. I mean, they had obviously not taken the classes. (laughs) I didn't know what they had, but I wanted it. Hmm. And when the gospel was presented at an Amway conference, um, it was the night of the Desert Storm invasion that the Lord just yeah. flooded my soul. And the ne- very next morning, people were giving their testimonies. And, and I was the first one to the stage when the, when the gospel was presented. And I remember saying, okay, now I can go to heaven. And, uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all my gay friends? And I heard, don't worry about that. And I walked away. And I say all the time that that day, that moment, I left homosexuality. I left it, but it did not leave me. Um... I mean, even, you know, through our premarital counseling, I did not tell you that that was my past. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of hoped it was all behind me at that point. And, um, you know, it, it was, I don't know if you had left yet or not, but, um, you know, Julie and I got into infertility and uh, went crazy. And I had a one-time sexual fall with the man. And that's what got me back involved in the counseling, back involved in the ministry. And ultimately, that's what started Truth Ministry. I remember sitting in your office crying, saying, I don't want to be the lamb to the slaughter, but God was compelling me to start this ministry. And, 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 and this ministry is, is, is one of comfort, grief, trial, you know, hated. It's just we, we live in such a culture, you know, and we'll go into all the questions you have. 
But, um, you know, I, I say I left it. It didn't necessarily leave me. Yeah. You know, I fell in love with my wife, but I, I'm not attracted to any other woman. You know, if I'm going to struggle in, in an area, it's going to be in the struggle of my past. Yeah. Um, but it's because I, God brings men like you into my life uh, to, to look at and say, that's what a man of God is like. And to get close to them, man, it makes me become more of a man. And, I, and I'm not envying and coveting and sexualizing. Yeah. You start talking about your ministry. Go ahead and enter it, Truth Ministry, and there's uh, Truth Hope Ministry for and Hope for Wholeness Network that we just tell started. us a little bit about what what your ministry is, what it does. Started it back in 1999. Um, you know, really, God had just slowly, you know, like bring, bringing a shower curtain back one ring at a time. God shows you what He wants you to do with your life. Um, and first, just all I could see was doing speaking engagements, and then God started bringing people to me to talk to, and mm-hmm. we started a family ministry, then a men's ministry, then, a, 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 you know, God sent me a woman, and I'm like, what am I going to do with her, and, and sent me a, a women's leader. No, I don't counsel women, and, and um, so, you know, God sent me a ton of teenagers that I've, I've helped over the years. I've Probably one of, you know, a handful of, of, of ministry leaders that have ha- helped as many teenagers as I have. Um, but, uh, and, and then, recently, our national network, Exodus International, closed. And, and um, I had the vision to enlarge our tent to create the Hope for Wholeness Network. Because we had created Hope for Wholeness to be the first ever video series and workbook curriculum to help churches like yours or individuals that have nothing to, to be able to walk this out um, with uh, renowned um, ministers and speakers um, from around the country that are a part of the, the, the video curriculum. And, and so we just enlarged the Hope for Wholeness curriculum to be the Hope for Wholeness Network to take in the ministries that were a part of Exodus International when they closed down. And so um, we're very busy. We just, we just got done uh, two weeks ago having our um, first national conference. We've always had a conference, but it's always been a, you know, our little local one. But now we're a national network. Mm-hmm. You refer to national. Uh, you're, you're in this small community, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Right. But, but how far are people coming from? We that, had that your minute, whether we it be had, a family member or a homosexual. I um, recently skyped with a guy from Australia. Um, our um, our curriculum has been delivered to a ministry in Taiwan. Um, we had a guy at our um, conference from uh, Colombia. Mm-hmm. the country, and not South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. um, we had ministry leaders from California, Chicago. Um, we have six ministries in Ohio already. Yeah. Um, so, so your ministry yeah. really is growing, certainly nas- nationwide, if not even reaching out a little bit internationally. Right. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a guy who called me one time a few years ago, and I shared with him really my, my heart's messages around James 5.16. Uh, the, the transparent life or, or freedom living uh, around confessing your sins one to another. And this guy from Canada calls me up, and I share this message with him. And nobody knew anything. And God transformed his life 
to, to not just share with his wife and his kids and his pastor, but now he has a ministry that, where he shares all over Canada and even goes into the United States. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing how God re- replicates you. Yeah. McCray, while I have you here today, I thought you could help me help us with a couple of practical issues. You, know, you, you I, can't I, figure I, this out? I, no, there's a lot of things I can't figure out. Uh, you know, I, I think one place we get really beat up in the culture with, with saying that same-sex marriage is wrong, homosexuality is wrong, is we sound like we're against love, don't we? I mean, what, what's wrong with two people being in love? How, how can you be against that? And that that's kind of how we're being casted, is we're, a, we're against people finding love. We're, is that the truth? Is, is that love? Is that what we're against? How, how do you handle that? I well, know you hear it. You know, I could <laughs> talk about that one question for a half an hour or any of these, but uh, during the marriage amendment in uh, South Carolina, the Baptists hired me for their spokesman, and I traveled around the state, and I was on ETV, and, 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 and they asked me about... Um, uh, gay adoption, um, and and I talked to them about it's not that it's you know uh, sure God calls it an abomination and th- that doesn't really preach too well in this culture today mm-hmm. you know but it's I see it as the difference between good versus best I, I see it as are we ours or are we his um, you know because if it's good versus best. Is it best for two men or two women, or is it best for a husband and a wife? Mm-hmm. Because Scripture says that He created us in His own graven image, both male and female, He created us. We are created with a, I believe, an imprinting for male and female. And it is only when we follow in, in that imprinted design that we find his plan for our life. Now, that doesn't mean heterosexuals have it all figured out. Obviously, the divorce rates would show us otherwise. Um, and, and that would go into the self-centeredness that our culture is around, which, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, homosexuality or even heterosexuality is all around just self-centeredness, where I am God. And, and if, if I'm going to believe in God, then I'm going to make him to be what I want him to be. I'll, I'll tell you what I believe in that book and what I don't believe, mm-hmm. rather than allowing God to be my creator, my definer, my Lord, my king, my master. So it's really about a worldview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, McCray, it seems like uh, the last two or three years, Boy, especially the last 18 months, the, the, the homosexual agenda has taken huge strides. Uh, two things I, I would think I would use to define that. That one, that, that, that states are just falling to, to making same-sex marriage legal. Uh, I think the election we just went through here in Virginia, that's going to happen very, very quickly now uh, in Virginia. Um, that and then the other thing I've seen is not not a law or politics. It's just, I mean, you just can't say something bad about homosexuality in our culture. No, it's, it's or the golden person. path. As a matter of fact, you, not only can you not say something bad, you are required to say something good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. what's your perspective it's, on what yeah. you've seen happening in America the last, you know, six months to two years in those kinds of things? Well, you know, I just praise the Lord that I came out of homosexuality before the internet was created, uh, before Ellen came out 
on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That happened like a few months after I got saved. I mean, the, the culture has just, as fast as our technology has, has um, increased, is how um, this subject has increased upon our culture. It has become the golden calf subject of our culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's in, in Canada, and, and I'm sure soon in the United States through, I believe, the, the interpretation of the hate crimes law um, it is going to be used to, ha- to basically critique or shape pastors' voices in our culture on what we can and cannot speak on this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's all around, as you said before, love. Because we're against love, you yeah. know. And, and that's just not true. Um, but, you know, we are not, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. I, you know, we, we, we pray for revival and all of these things, and that's great. But our culture is going to degrade on a spiritual level you know, read the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a tough place, you know, you know, even, even states that have uh, marriage amendments. I mean, you know, who knows what our culture is going to look like in five months less, no, you know, five years mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's why I put my kids in Christian school early on because of what I do for a living. And, you know, I want to live my life in such a way that people want what I have. Yeah. It's not because of what I'm preaching against. It's not because I'm preaching against love or against people. Yeah. It's, it's a tough subject. That's a good sentence to tra- transition into my last question here. I mean, our, our church... Uh, is we, we believe God's word and, and we believe we're to stand on it even though we don't always hold it perfectly ourselves on, exactly. on any yeah. one particular right. command. But we, we want to hold to God's word. We want to proclaim and preach God's word. We want to stand for it at the water cooler, at the coffee pot, wherever we are in the hallway at school. But, but I think, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago to our church, we, we've gotten pretty good at that. We can say, this, this is wrong. You can't, you shouldn't. But that hasn't worked. That, that has not kept it our culture from work. going this way. It doesn't work. So how do we hold to the truth, but then also have a ministry in this area? Help, well, help somebody. Help a McRae game. I, you know what, McRae? I don't know if our church would have helped you in 1991. Right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, and that's not an accusation against any one person in here. I, there, there's very few churches that would have helped you right. in 1991. It, how, how do we hold to the truth, but then have a ministry that, that helps somebody in, and work through that in our culture? How, how would you answer that question? Well, you know, People are probably not going to like what I'm going to have to say. But I, I believe G, the, the church has become what Jesus preached against. I, I, you know, the church has become this, this country club of, you know, you go to church because it's Sunday. You know, kind of a theoretical getting your hand stamped to feel good that you went to church on Sunday. But we're fake. It's, it's a country club. It's not real. It, we, we don't, 
share our lives with people. We don't mm-hmm. get vulnerable with people. We ta- say we're fine and fantastic. We're a bunch of liars. I mean, seriously. Yeah, you're just getting a little rough now. I just, just need to back up, pal. It's, it's, <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you... Let's wrap up and go scri- home. Thank scri- you, McRae, for... <laughs> it, 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 scripture, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> scripture talks about, you know, my three verses are 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation that's overcome you but what is common to man. We always focus on the second half of that verse that says, the Lord will always give you a way of escape, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, you know. But there's no temptation that's overcome you but what is common to man. How do you know that's true? You don't. You don't know that's true unless James 5, 16... Therefore, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Who does that? Nobody does that. We talk about, you know, come to the altar and get right with God. How about get right with your brother because he's the only one who's going to keep you from doing it again. You know, I've had people say, oh, well, God will stop me. No, he won't. You know, I can't tell my wife she'll leave me. Well, maybe she should. You can't get your marriage right, your life right, on top of lies. Mm. Then Revelation twelve eleven, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Well, the problem is, is that we have created man into God. We care way more about what each other think than we do what God thinks. We can tune, you know, God out. It's really hard to tune out people in our lives. And we have this automatic assumption, if they knew what I was struggling with, if they knew that my son or my grandson was homosexual, if they knew that I struggled with this issue, if they knew I was addicted to porn, if they knew I had an eating disorder, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And so Satan keeps us divided. We're all little individual units here with all these little individual walls around us. And the only way we can be effective as a body of Christ is to take that wall down and give that knife over to somebody and say, you know, I believe this will kill me. I'm going to trust you with it. Uh, I always tell people, you know, you're not going to get beaten with a cat of nine tails and hung on a cross like our Savior was. The only way we can be real and transformative, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not really big on the apologetics thing of arguing Scripture and trying to prove someone wrong or telling somebody, of of telling somebody, why their sin is wrong and saying, you people, you want to win somebody to the Lord? Make yourself vulnerable. Be real. Be open. Fight with your wife outside of church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You um, better not share that story when she's here. <laughs> I, I told her a I long don't even time ago. What we were fighting about, I but I'm confident she will. <laughs> I, th- I think one of y'all left something at the church. It was really loud. It was easy to hear. It wasn't loud. Yeah, it was, I could hear it through the car. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, being open. To, you know, I had a pastor say to me one time during the marriage amendment thing. It was this little country church, and he he said. How do I reach out to two homosexual people? Because all I can think about is those two men having sex. I said, Pastor, how about you focus on the sin in your own life? 
Because every single one of us have sin in our life. Every single one of us. If you think you don't, that's your problem right there. Yeah. And you can laugh, but every single one of us have sin in our life. And, and that pride that you think you're better than other people is disgusting to God. He can't use that. That is a roadblock. That is a huge barrier. You know, I don't know what it is. Billy Graham said he was one of the biggest sinners. Yeah. Paul said he was one of the biggest sinners. Um, we need to see our sin. Scripture says to first take the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. The problem is, is we think that's wrong. We think, clearly, I have the speck and the other person has the log. And, and you know, I'm dealing with this, but I need to help them with their problem. Yeah. We need to work on ourselves and open ourselves up to other people, tell our stuff, and, and then in that we have true community that I believe Jesus represents. Because he never persecuted someone. Now, he lived in a different culture than we do. You didn't have people celebrating their, their sin and saying, this is who I am. So, you know, we live in a very different world. The, the world is saying, you have to embrace my sin. You know, you can't love this book and me. That, and that's not true. Yeah. To, to love someone, we, we, don't, we don't change who we are or who our God is to love them. That's not love. That's, that's a lie yeah. from the pit of hell. Yeah. Um, but to, to be real, you don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the answers. We serve the one who has all the answers. Amen. Thank you, McCray. Um, yeah. I tell you what, folks, you, you, in, that, in that last three or four minutes, you heard some profound truths about the problem with almost every church in America and why we don't overcome sin because Satan keeps us isolated. That, that is, that's a profound truth to think on there. Uh, McCray, we're, uh, we, and we've done this with a couple of topics. We're, we're trying to provide some very real and significant help. And uh, we're offering two opportunities for, for you here, for those at Midlothian, uh, to come to our campus here this afternoon. And our, our first class at 2 o'clock you'll be leading is, is for everybody. Uh, it, it's, it's for somebody who cares about this issue and wants to know how to kind of reach out and minister in their community, culture. How long is the class? One, one hour. So, Explain a so little bit I'll about talk, that. I'll talk about 20 minutes. And then I'll take question and answer. Because okay. this is a subject that people have so many questions about and want to know about. And so um, I would strongly encourage you just for any reason at all to be in there. You know, this is not a, I'm personally affected class. This is a I'm curious class. Okay. Um, and I want to know more. Okay. Now the second class, which will begin at... Two to three, three thirty. Second class will begin at three thirty. Is for those who are in some way. You mentioned a moment ago a grandchild, a child, uh, might be a friend, somebody we care about. Maybe we're struggling ourselves. Yeah, and but, we'll put that on their name badge. Affected. You put that on their name badge. Thank you, McCray. No, uh, no, we won't. I guess the second <laughs> class is. You, you said the first class is more about curious. I want to know what I would do. 
The, the second class, class is, more, is a little more vulnerable, a little more personal. If they you are affected to, by the topic in some way. Yeah, or if you want to stay over from the first to the second, you can. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a little more ver- vulnerable, a little more personal, a little more, more real. You know, I'm going to share things more uh, personal than... No, I'm just teasing because yeah. I got pretty personal. I'm, I'm very transparent. And so to, you know, hopefully give you guys a l- little opportunity to, to share and... Okay. If if your issue is that you're judgmental, don't come to the class number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want you there. <laughs> All righty, uh, folks. Y'all thank McRae. Thank him out there at Commonwealth 20 for being with us today. Uh, appreciate your your testimony, your vulnerability, your sharing, and and appreciate the powerful message you preached there in three minutes, uh, right at the end. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, we come before you this morning, and uh, Lord, you, yeah, I was just reminded as, as McRae was talking, whatever the sin issue is, you provide the answers. You provide a Savior that forgives and cleanses. You provide a method for overcoming uh, with the church, with friends, where we can be real and vulnerable. Lord, where we fail, where we miss it, where we don't grow is only because we reject you. It's only because we reject your word. It's not, not because some force in the world is greater than you, greater than your answers. It's because we reject your word. Lord, I pray that, that we would have the wisdom, the faith to know your word, to believe your word, and to act on your word, whatever that might mean for any one of us here in this room this day and this week ahead. Lord, I pray you'll bless the classes this afternoon and what you want to do in our lives and in our church through them. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.